Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey folks, this is the Doggy Pod, but I am scared, I'm telling you now. My good friend Stephen <laughs> Peters only gave me one hint about this. He said, listen to Sesame Street for the letter of the day. Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. Elmo and the letter of the day, that's what you said. Have a listen. I've no idea what we're doing today, so handing it over to my good friend, I hope, Stephen Peters. Yeah, well, you may not feel like that in a minute. Uh, yeah, this is Stephen <laughs> Peters, as, as Dr. Rob just said. I'm his producer. What are we doing? What are we doing? We've got a slightly different episode this week. In, in fact, a very different, different episode, because Dr. Mm. Rob, as we know, is always, every week, New episodes out every Friday. Every week, Rob is always, you know, dispensing lots of veterinary advice. And I thought, I'm going to put him to the test. Oh, doing a fishing show. No, no. I'm going to put him to the test. And that is, we're, I'm calling this the doggy alphabet. So, And this is completely oh. unrehearsed, folks. So I am going to go through every letter of the alphabet mm-hmm. and just throw it a word relating to that letter. That oh, Dr. Rob, so that not, refers not, to I, okay. something in the dog canine world, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, let's just see how, one, how quick he is, and two, how smart he is. Of course, he could be like making it up, I guess. Aviagrophobic dogs. Uh, no, actually no. not. Okay, so um, are you ready to start, Rob? Yeah, it sounds like a quiz show. Let's go. It is very much like a quiz show. In fact, we should have a little bit of music to intro it. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, Rob? Okay. Okay. A. A. The doggy afterlife. Is there such a thing? Do you believe that dogs have spirits that stay with us? Brother Bede from Hunters Hill, on his 90th birthday, he had (laughs) chows, and he said to me, Robert, I have it on good authority that all good dogs go to heaven. And if he didn't know, no one did. Oh, what a good... Christian Catholic. Were you a Catholic boy? Oh, yes. Still am. (laughs) B is for the best food to keep your dog's bones strong and healthy. The best food for their bones. 
balanced diet and they spend billions on developing good quality food. Not so much the you know, stuff that's at the bottom of the barrel, but the good quality products always are balanced. They must have a calcium-phosphorus ratio of 1.2 to 1 plus once a week, a raw bone helps their teeth and helps their bones. Hmm. Okay, now this one's going to put you in a bit of a spot. C is for cat breed. What is the best cat breed that will get on with a dog if you want to have both in your home? The young kitten is the best cat breed <laughs> um, and probably not the rambunctious breeds. So for me, it's been the exotic short hair or the American short hair. They're quiet, subtle breeds that will just get on with dogs and get on with everybody in the home. Speaking of breeds, which leads us to D for dog breeds. Your personal favourite dog breed. One. You're only allowed one. Oh, gosh. Well, I, if, at my age, it's individuals within the breed that I love. But if I had to pick just Your one, one dog breed, breed yes. Uh, I think... As a general breed that I love, and I'm only picking one. Oh gosh, Stephen! Okay, it's going to be the German Shepherd. I thought you might have said Swiss knife of the dogs. (laughs) E E is for excited dogs. What's the simple, best way you can stop your dog from jumping up with excitement, particularly on guests when they arrive? Train it by when it does come up to you and jump on you. Just gently, you don't have to knee it in the chest and hurt it, but use your knee to push it away. When it's on the ground on all fours, go down to that dog and gently, between the eyes, pat it, just backwards and forwards, good dog, good dog. Don't praise it when it's jumping up, say, oh, good dog, go away. No, that doesn't work. It's no, teach the dog one word of admonishment, no, and so when it jumps up, it's no, and push him away with your knee. Once he's on all fours, pat him and praise him. F is for Fido. Now, Fido used to be a really popular name for dogs. Yep. What do you? What would you say is the most common dog name these days? Oh, gosh. One name. One name. Uh, yeah, we did mention it uh, last week, Caesar. I, I hear a lot of dogs lately called Caesar, and none of them are Roman, so they're not, it's not Julius, just... <laughs> Caesar is a very common dog name. Caesar, okay. G. G, and I don't just mean G. I mean G, G is, is for growing dogs. At yep. what age will your dog reach its full height? Yep, depends on the type of dog. The toy breeds, they usually reach full height around six months. The medium size, like a uh, Kelpie cattle dog, nine to ten months. Uh, the Great Danes, around 12 months. Okay, very well done. H, H is for doggy hair. <laughs> Give me the best breed if you don't want dog hair everywhere. The Legato. The Legato. Yep, Legato Romagnolo. As in um, it doesn't drop p- anything. Poodles, Bichons. Hey, hang on, I just breed just one breed. Anyway, and uh, what is the worst for dropping hair? The German Shepherd probably. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, really, honestly. I mentioned them as but they, they just drop hair all year round. They're dogs with two coats, often, that have a lot of coat, and you brush them. You, you brush a German Shepherd one day, go back and brush it the next day, you get just as much hair out. They drop a lot of coat. They're short, they look like a short-coated dog, but there's always a lot of hair. Make friends with a vacuum cleaner. I is for dog injuries. Give me the two most common injuries you treat. Eye injuries, especially corneal ulcers, and uh, they have to be treated sometimes just with ointment and sometimes with surgery. And the other one, of course, is 
foot injuries, pads. And I always tell people, have a bandage at home because if your dog cuts a pad, it can bleed profusely. Put a bandage on it and then get to the vet. You can't stitch pads up. No stitching them and you have to treat them over a long term. You are on fire, Dr. Rob. Okay. J is for jaw. What dog breed has the strongest jaw? Mm, God. That Go- if, you know, it happened to wrap it around your yeah. your ankle or your hand, you're in big strife. Got me there, baby, but I would not want to be grabbed by a bull terrier. Any of the bull breeds, bull mastiffs, they have really strong jaws. The Cane Corso, which is a, an Italian breed, is also a mastiff. Any of the mastiffs, I think, I wouldn't want to be grabbed by any of them. L is for Labradors, one of the most common breeds and one of hmm. the most loved breeds around the world. So tell me something I don't know about a Labrador. Well, you probably know that they're one of the most common breeds or the most common breed in America. They come from right up north. <clears throat> they started with the St. John's Water Dog, which came from Portugal and Spain up in the Newfoundland areas and were developed up there over many centuries to the beautiful dogs that they are now. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Uh, M. Mm-hmm. M. Can dogs drink milk? No. No, no, no. Milk has uh, lactose in it, and dogs are lactose intolerant. Give them a lot of milk, and you'll see it. You'll pay for it, and it comes out the other end, especially if your dog's an indoor dog. Yeah, you can get lactose-free milk, but let's think about this for just two seconds, because that's all I get every letter. Um <laughs> In the wild, once they're off their mum, where do they get the milk? Where do they get lactose-free milk? They don't. They yes. don't need milk. It can be a So treat. not like cats, obviously. No, no, and it causes a lot of fermentation, even lactose-free milk, so you make a lot of farting. Again, uh, you're going well, Rob. I'm going to give you a second just to have a glass of milk, and then we're going to continue our canine alphabet. Done. It's a letter of the day, it's a letter of the day, and the letter is... Stephen, come in there, boy. There's your opening. Oh, you threw me on that. Yes, we are up to N. The letter of the, the, not the day, but the moment, is N. And this is the single, being very specific here, of the single most nutritious, N for nutritious food that you can give your dog. Mm. Don't say dog food. Okay. One like what is the most nutritious single item you could give your dog? Egg yolk. Egg oh. yolk, great protein. Uh, it's a nice treat. Add it to your food. Great f- form of protein. And you see, there's always the right amount of protein in dog food. But what about the quality? Well, giving an egg yolk, egg pure. yolk is, is is real pure quality protein. Plus, it has a, what's called a synergistic effect on the dry food. It elevates the quality of protein in the dry food by opening other digestive pathways, and the protein is used better from the dry food. It's a bit like protein in pasta is pretty poor. Add bolognese sauce, which is meat, it elevates the protein in the pasta. Add a bit of cheese, and you've got flavor. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it's... It is a synergistic effect, well-known in nutrition circles. So egg Egg yolk. There's your answer. Okay, O is for oodles. Oodles and oodles. How many types of oodles are there and why, keeping it brief, Mm -hmm. why are poodles 
so good, you know, to breed with like this? Well, they're not necessarily. Uh If you want good oodles, and some people do breed some very good oodle-type breeds, you've got to make sure that you test the, the mother and father. And that's been a bit of a problem. How many types? Gosh, don't know. You can, you can do anything. I guess you could have the German oodle if you, a German shepherd crossed with a poodle. But how, how many types of oodles are there? Oh, you think? there's no oodles are a cross between a poodle and some other breed. Yeah. And so, as many types as there are breeds of dogs other than poodles, because if you cross a poodle with a poodle, you get a poodle. I guess that's still an oodle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's no. So they've, they've been crossed that many times. Oh, they're just, they're, it's just a cross. It's just a cross, like a, a, a cavoodle. There's a cross between a cavalier mm. and a poodle. The initial one was the Labradoodle. Yes. It was a, it was the cross between the Labrador and the poodle, done to try and get dogs as therapy type dogs that wouldn't shed hair and have good temperament. Didn't wasn't that successful because once you start crossing dogs, you may not get what you want, what you plan. Mother Nature has a different idea uh, than you have in your mind that crossing these two is going to work. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't because it's a bit like, okay, well, let's cross them once. Oh, it worked. Let's do, do that same cross again. May not get the same because you're throwing paint on the wall. See, a pedigree dog, they are trying to um, have very defined standards for temperament and and breed, etc. Once you start crossing, anything's likely to happen. Any genes can come come on not saying you don't do it because there's some beautiful um cavoodles and other type of crosses yeah beautiful animals beautiful animals but you don't always get what you pay for you don't know what what you're going to get how many types as many as you want you know people have done schnauzers with poodle crosses and what they call them schnoodles and all sorts of other and and um yeah yeah bichon oodles yeah bichon noodle okay that's good p p is for puppies. Mm. What's the most important thing you can do when you get your puppy home? The single most important thing you should do for that puppy. Oh, very easy. Love it. Just love it, love it, love <laughs> Beyond it. Beyond the obvious. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I think crate training is vital for it. Really? I, what what yeah, if it's never going to go anywhere? Is it, is it ever going to go to the vet if it's sick? No? You're yeah, not you just, to you just uh, put it in the car and off yeah, you go. Yeah, go to the vets. Well, it's got to be in a crate or in a, a, a harness mm-hmm. to get to the there. But what if it's really sick and has to go into the hospital? You think it's going to be lying on a bed in the hospital? It's going to be in a type of cage or crate. Now, if the dog's not used to it and gets upset all the time, it's going to make the recovery harder for that dog. If the dog's used to it, with crate training and crate training also teaches the dog restraint it teaches the dog patience it teaches the dog tolerance and it teaches the dog you will always come back and get it out of the crate do it properly Mm. a little bit at a time sure you'll feed it of course and water it those things that are given you'll love it you'll train it and one of the parts of training is crate training so the crate training is sort of a multi-purpose little thing okay q is for quarantine yep do we need to quarantine our dogs if we're travelling interstate here in Australia? Uh, and do we still need to do it with dogs coming in from overseas? Yes, depends on where they come from. Um, because What about here in Australia? In Australia, you don't need to quarantine them, but what people don't realise, now you can go from state to state, except for if you're going to Tasmania, you have to go and see your veterinarian just before you leave, and your dog has to be treated for a worm called hydatid worms. It's a special type of tapeworm that if people get hydatids, it can kill them. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even now, you can't treat hydatidosis very well if you're in the brain or... In, in you know, destroy your liver, all sorts of things that hydatid cysts can do. And you get hydatids from dogs that have hydatids. You'll get the, the segments of the hydatid tapeworm, which can develop into cysts inside you. So That's if Tas- you're going to Tasmania. Yep. So yeah. Tasmania and, and New Zealand. New Zealand have uh, – well, overseas is entirely different. New Zealand certainly have got a really good program to get rid of hydatids because it affects your sheep and, and they – their sheep industry is so important. We should have it right through our country, to be honest. A high data eradication program would be good in Australia. No reason why not. Um, if you're going overseas, you have to find out what country uh, you're going to demands what sort of things. If you're going to America, for example, a lot less demands from dogs coming from Australia because we're a very clean country. If you're going to other countries, you may need a rabies test. Some countries require a rabies te- uh, sorry, a rabies vaccination and then a rabies test. So there's all sorts of... Each country has its own uh, requirements from dogs coming from Australia and you have to... Your vet will look those up and say, this is what you have to do before you're allowed to go there. But they will need quarantine, yeah. Uh, well, Mostly. no, some countries don't need quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, other countries do. That's when you're going. Coming from... Uh, practically any country except for, I think, New Zealand doesn't, you don't require quarantine from New Zealand. But other, most other countries, when dogs are coming from most other countries in the world, they'll require at least 10 days of quarantine. And if you get it wrong, it could be a few months of quarantine. Which leads us to R mm-hmm. is for rabies. Rabies. Is that still a thing, rabies? Oh, gosh, yeah. Rabies really? is still out there, alive and well. We're lucky here in Australia, aren't we? Pretty much. So there's, there, there we, is rabies well, in Australia? Well, there's, there's a concern with some of the bats that come from Indonesia up north mm-hmm. that they can carry rabies virus. And there are rabies-like viruses that we that pop up every now and then uh, from bats, not so much in our dogs, but uh, it's just been a concern. So, yeah, and with bats, people that work with bats, for example, must be vaccinated against rabies. Okay. Um, so it's something that has to happen. So, no, in Australia we're very lucky that we don't have it. In countries where it's rife, where it's endemic, it's a real problem. And some of those countries are very close to our northern border. So what follows R, of course, is S. Now, this is going to put you on the spot because, you know, Rob, you're seeing dogs every day of your life pretty much. Mm-hmm. What is the silliest <laughs> name you've ever heard one of your dogs called, one of your patients? The silliest, yeah, and you, you don't know. I don't want you to put you on the spot with one of your best clients. But uh, what's sort of the silliest? Wrong way, wrong way. That was his name. Wrong, wrong way. way. Yep, and uh, <laughs> it belonged to a good client of mine, and his their surname was Head, so it was Wrong Way Head. That was his name. <laughs> 
Wrong way. <laughs> wrong way. I just I could never work out why you'd call a dog. Oh, okay. wrong, way. wrong way. Really, he's a beautiful dog. He was a really, really beautiful dog. Wrong way. So what follows? S, of course, T. T for teeth. How many teeth do dogs have? 42 teeth. Oh, I didn't even know. They have uh, six incisors, up and lower. Uh, four canines, two on the top, two on the bottom, four premolars, both top and bottom, oh, and good. then uh, three molars, top and he's bottom. Good. How do you keep them clean? Raw bone. The raw meat. That wasn't bone the second part of the question. The second part of the oh. question was, and mm-hmm. do those teeth fall out like humans once they go from puppy to adult stage? Oh yeah, they have deciduous teeth, which are the milk teeth, mm-hmm. and they're sharp as anything. And you're so thankful when they finally fall out because they try and play with you by grabbing you, of course. And they're such sharp little teeth, like needles, grabbing you all the time, and. I tend not to discourage it as much as I should because I love my dogs interacting with me and playing with me, and they do fall out. And, yes, I, I, I remember with Strauss, my first German Shepherd, being horrified that I found blood in his mouth. I went to get to the vet, and I thought, oh, my gosh. And I, and I didn't have a car because I didn't drive in those days. I was only 15 or so. And I was walking all the way to the vet, and the vet was closed by the time I got there. And then on the way home, I thought, Oh wait a minute! That, that's that's just his baby teeth. Yeah, so they, so they <laughs> that's do all have, it was. So they yes, do they have baby teeth, teeth or deciduous like teeth or milk teeth. They do fall out, and again, even then, raw bones helps a lot with teething. Okay, which leads us to you. What about me? What about you? No, oh, not that one. The, the other you. What would you say, in your opinion, is the most unique dog breed in the world? As in. You can clarify what unique means, uh, unusual, strange. What would you say, okay, Ooh. the most unique dog breed in the world? Oh, gosh. I knew I'd get him sooner or later. I think the Mexican hairless, and it has some weird name. Um, yeah, Mexican hairless dogs. Mexican dog. hairless dogs, yeah. No hair, no hair at all. Uh, and they, they're becoming almost a bit more popular, so maybe they're not so unique. But, yes, the Mexican hairless, and they come in different sizes even. Okay, now this one could be a little bit awkward. Oh gosh. V. Um, the, what was? What would? What is the best advice you could give to somebody that has who's, a V? The, who's no. thinking of becoming a vet? <laughs> what would you oh, advise, Stephen? Stephen. Stephen. And it can't be turn around and walk away. <laughs> um, I guess if you're thinking about it, get a job. In a veterinary hospital, if you can, like a part-time job on weekends, uh, because you'll learn a lot about veterinary science, about the practical side of veterinary science. You'll learn if it's the job for you. And uh, if you want it as a job, my seriously, if you want a job as a veterinarian, don't become one. If you want it as a career, a lifelong commitment, then yes, this is the uh, place for you to be. Well said, It's yes. really a very big commitment to be a vet. Uh, it, you will certainly learn a lot about compassion and companionship, and uh, if you do it properly, yeah, you'll love it. Okay, now that leads us to, um, speaking of vets, W. W is for waiting room. What is the best etiquette? What are the do's and don'ts? for people when they're in your waiting room? Keep your dog on a short lead, for goodness sakes. I see people go up to the reception area and the dog's on this long lead at the back 
they're talking to the receptionist. They have no idea what their dog is doing. Control your dog in the waiting room is what I would say. Don't let your dog go sniffing other dogs' bums in the in the waiting room. Not etiquette at all. Plus, you don't know. If you're not watching your dog and it's just a little dog and it goes up to some big dog that's mean, you may not have a dog afterwards. So keep your dog on a short lead. Control your dog. So that's a don't. What's a do? What's a do? Um, sit quietly with your dog and pat it. Keep patting it so that the dog understands that this is a good place. Pat, remember, just between the eyes, calms them right down, but just keep stroking your dog gently. If your dog's growling and barking at other dogs and other people, um, no, don't praise it. Just no, sit. Now, hopefully you've trained your dog to sit. Sit, stay, and be firm about that. You don't want to barking at other dogs. So... Just gently pat it, reassure it, because this is strange smells, strange place, and you want to calm your dog down. Okay, X. Now, this one, mm. I, I must admit, I've cheated a little bit oh, on this good. one. Um, X stands for, well, it doesn't really. What is the most extreme? <laughs> oh, so it's going to be X ray, damn. <laughs> what is the most extreme surgery you've ever done? Uh, I guess for me, it's been a patent ductus arteriosus. Easy for me to say. So in the heart, there is a tube that goes from, um, literally from the pulmonary artery through to another part of the heart, to the aorta. And it doesn't, um, it, it should stay, it should close at birth, around birth. So you don't need all the blood going to your lungs when you're inside the mother, when you're a fetus. But the, the, ductus arteriosus should close and so I've been able to go into the chest in and find just above the heart on top of the heart where the patent duct is and close that up see one day the dog has this bad murmur you close the ductus the patent ductus arteriosus you close the chest up and immediately there's no heart murmur wow it's the most thrilling thing so that's open heart surgery on a dog. Well, open chest surgery, not actually opening the heart up as mm. such. Yes, true. Um, that, and I guess the other one on the heart, I'm going for two, mm-hmm. is back in the day, I haven't seen heartworm for a long time, thankfully, because people are committed to getting rid of heartworm and giving their dogs prevention. Back in the day, uh, Kelly Maitland, and we've mentioned her on this show, she came in knocking at death's door. She was jaundiced and breathing difficulties. I couldn't give her, couldn't wait to give her the medicine for heart, uh, for heartworm. That would, it was just she was about to die on us. We put local anaesthetic in her on the jugular. We laid her down. She could hardly move anyway, but we put local anaesthetic on the jugular. We did a cut into the jugular. We put long alligator forceps right down from the jugular, so in your throat area, all the way down and through into the chest and all the way down to the heart. We grabbed the heartworm and literally pulled the heartworm out of the heart. Now that's extreme. That was pretty extreme. And the next day, she was fine as anything. I couldn't believe it. We mopped up later on with some heartworm drugs, but this dog was literally so jaundiced because... It, the blood wasn't flowing through properly. Everything was bad for, for Kelly Maitland. She was about to die. Couldn't give her an anaesthetic to do this under normal, like a, a gas anaesthetic or intravenous anaesthetic. She was on the drip trying to keep her alive and local, all done under local anaesthetic. I think that was probably the, the one that I remember That's most. extreme. Okay, why? Is, for, is there a difference between a Yelp 
and a bark. Oh, yeah. A yelp tells me the dog has had pain or, or a bad scare. The dog will yelp, and the bark is a oh, woof, real woof sound. And so the, they mean different things. You know, the yelp is like, ouch, I'm in pain, screaming pain. And, and dogs suck up pain a lot, Stephen. You know, dogs are fabulous at not showing pain. Mm. They're a pack animal. Run in the pack. If you yell out in pain or yelp out in pain, the rest of the pack will attack you and, and possibly kill you, especially, even if you're the pack leader because you're scaring away their prey and you're attracting predators to the area. It's so ma- Mother Nature's up. way. Yeah, Mother Nature is more interested in survival of the pack for the species to survive, not the individual. So they are tough animals as far as pain. Dog yelping means it's in severe pain. A dog barking means it's warning or saying, get away from me or whatever it or is. Or just talking. Yeah, or just saying, hey, what are you up to? Okay, finally. And you're going to need this uh, yeah. after after this little episode. I am. Um, Z, Z. Z. Um, the letter I'm, of the I'm, day. I'm kind of, I'm kind of cheating of a bit here, but this yep. is like zzz for sleeping. Oh. So when you put a whole lot of zzz yep. in a row, yeah, you're yep. having a little sleep. How many hours does a dog really need to sleep a day? Oh, they sleep quite a lot. Now, they've evolved with sleeping through the day and through the night quite a bit. Dogs hunt. At dawn and dusk, they can move you know, through the day if you want them to. And dogs, I guess domesticated dogs have learned to also do lots of uh, kilometres. Some of the breeds of working dogs can work for hours through the day. But how many hours sleep but should they be getting? I, I think that it's nothing for a dog to get you know, four hours sleep through the day plus a whole heap of sleep at night. You know, four to six hours a day. Yeah, no big deal. Depends on they're happy enough not to sleep through the day and sleep really hard through the night they'll do that but they enjoy snoozing uh, if you watch a dog even a dog show that they get bored with watching people go around mm. circles all the time they'll lay there and have a little snooze they literally have cat naps <laughs> dog naps i guess <laughs> so so a dog could really sleep uh, a good, yeah. an easy 12 plus hours a day yeah, yeah they can like through through a 24-hour period mm. easily yeah mm. uh, very easily and people get worried about you know dogs gee my dog's lying there at, uh, during the day he's not running around outside hey it's hot outside your dog's intelligent why don't you do the running around outside and your dog can watch Okay, Rob, you have passed the vet test. Woohoo! I can uh, be a can, veterinarian. I can stop practice. <laughs> you can come back next weekend for another episode of the Doggy Pod. I look forward to it. We thank you for listening today. Follow us on uh, on Instagram and Facebook, please. And um, yeah, I think Rob's going to go and have a glass of milk and a good lie down. That'll do. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.